Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. I am the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hello, Grump. How's it going tonight? Not too bad. On the docket for tonight, we're talking offensive linemen, which is a position of intrigue for the Giants. So hope you're strapped in and ready. It's just one topic I think most Giant fans want to talk about. It gives them the most aggravation, and, you know, it's something that definitely needs to be addressed. So let's get right to it. Let's jump in. Offensive line is something that obviously is a huge team need. If I'm going to list the projected starters that I have for the offensive line, I'm keeping Eric Flowers at left tackle for now. Justin Pugh is the star on our line at left guard. Weston Richburg, great center. His second year, a little bit of a down year in comparison to his first year, but it just came out that he was playing with torn tendons in his hand since the beginning of the season last year. And that actually reminded me, that before he was drafted, I remember hearing a story that he played a whole year at Colorado State with a broken hand and was snapping with his opposite hand. And I remember thinking then that that was pretty badass. Yeah. I'm going to also keep John Jerry at right guard for right now. And I'm going to say that DJ Fluker and Bobby Hart are in a legitimate battle for the right tackle position. But with DJ Fluker and Bobby Hart are both versatile enough to play inside at right guard, I think. So that whole right side of the line is just kind of a mess of those three guys. Mm-hmm. That leaves our backups with Brett Jones as our guard center backup, Adam Geddes as our guard center backup, and not a whole lot for tackle. Some guys you've never heard of, John Jalapio, Martin Wallace, Michael Bowie. Hey, wait a minute. John Jalapio's a Gator. I already know who he is. So. Yeah? <laughs> Tell me all about John Jalapio. <laughs> kind of a nondescript career, you know, did, you know, Part of some pretty decent offensive lines, but uh, quite frankly, I'm shocked he was even in the league until I looked at this depth chart about five minutes ago. So, yeah. um, so <laughs> not not worthy of me buying a jersey for him. Let's put it that way. So when I look at the line, I actually it's not all that terrible if you consider the fact that a lot of these guys would be excellent backups. <laughs> John Jerry would be a great backup. DJ Fluker would be – I mean, he was a first-round pick. Let's start with the, the big elephant in the room, uh, Eric Flowers. I mean, do do we think that the fact he's still only, what, 23 years old, that he could still develop into a – if not a pro-ball left tackle, into a serviceable starting left tackle in this league? Uh, you know, we know he's got technique issues. We're questioning his worth ethic. Can the light go on for a guy like him or – are we just playing out his, you know, his rookie contract and then making a move from there? I mean, what do you think? Um, I will say that I don't ever see him being a Pro Bowl left tackle. I think he could probably be a serviceable left tackle. I mean, you remember Dave Deal was no Pro Bowl left tackle. He was, might have been a Pro Bowler at one time, but I remember specifically complaining about Dave Deal a whole lot. But I do think that Eric Flowers can be serviceable at the left tackle position. I think that he's an absolute asset in the run game. I think that his future might be as a good right tackle that's what i really think what about you well i i i tend to think the same i think you can't i mean there's a lot of calls oh they need to bench him blah 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 but they're not going to do that until they know because they have they have they pick up his contract after this year is option and how do you know what you got until you know i i think these two years again a young guy you throw him in starting right away, pretty much. I don't know. I think this is. I think it's a referendum on him. You know, does he want to get better? You know, sure. When you see technique, technique can be taught, but you have the will and the desire to want to learn. You know, and I think you see if he, you know, after this year, play like started like 34, 35 games, and he's still making, 
you know, those same mistakes, then you move on. I mean, I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if we draft a left tackle, you know, or at least someone that's going to try to replace him. We might, we might draft one in the later rounds for depth, but I don't think someone is going to really legitimately challenge him to start. You mean this year, correct? This year, yeah, on this week, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with all that, uh, especially the part about wanting it, and that's really, that's really what it comes down to with technique. I think the other problem is that, in general, this isn't a very strong offensive line, but I think the other thing, too, is that it's such a known quantity that he's the issue on the line that opposing teams throw everything at him. So there might be a lot of stuff that coaches see in practice that we don't see that are improvements. So that's something I want to caution to a lot of fans who only watch games on Sunday. Because he's such a known liability, opposing teams are always going to be throwing their best at him, knowing that they can get the favorable matchup over there. But there might be some improvements that we don't know about that are happening in practice. So, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people don't that don't think about that you and I have talked about already about three or four times that – the coaches know these guys. The coaches know yeah. what they're doing. And also change for change's sake, it doesn't mean improvement. I mean, who's behind him? Michael Bowie? You're going to put him out there as left tackle? Yeah. Oh, and good, without a doubt. Good luck. <laughs> I didn't even pencil in Eric Flowers. He is the starting left tackle. And that's including if we draft somebody this year. I don't think that you're going to get a guy in the draft this year who's already going to be better than him at left tackle. He's not that bad. He just makes, you know, it's just the hold at the wrong time. Yeah. And, that, and oh, you know, yeah. it, it, it's really the issue is more of the holds than it is him actually, you know, completely whiffing on guys and potentially killing Eli Manning. It's just, you know, it's that penalty on first down makes it first and 20. It's that hold, you know, after a completion that brings the play back. And then once it happens more and more and more, it's that, oh. Another one, another one, another one. It just snowballs. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that, you know, is technique. You know, it, it's lazy hands, lazy, lazy uh, arm work, footwork. Absolutely. And I don't want to. I don't want to downplay any of that because it is an issue with him, with his technique, and uh, maybe his game planning or or whatever. But the fact that we didn't have a good blocking tight end in the roster isn't helping him at all either. Yeah, I was about to get to that as well. You know, you don't have – or really running backs that do a really good job of chipping off the end too. Correct. I mean, I think they're they're eh, they're okay, but you're right. Not having a reliable tight end who can block worth the damn makes it that much harder for a below-average offensive line to do anything. Of course. And, you, and you, you've got a, a left tackle who's behind on his progress, behind on his development – you know, it's a perfect storm. You have no running game, so it's second and nine almost all the time, and it puts more pressure. They, You can bring the house for, as a defense when you're second nine, third nine, and you know that's going to cause more potential holds. Sure. This is sort of strange, isn't it, that the original plan seemed to be to start him out at right tackle, and that all got thrown to the wind in, a, in May when Will Beatty tore his pectoral muscle. But how weird is it that Will Beatty went from our – no-brainer left tackle at the time to not even dressing last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was... If his name wasn't Will, Will Beatty, he would have been just a forgotten nobody nobody would have cared about. People, you know, they, they see the name and they go back to their, you know, their the glory days and stuff, so... It's just crazy to me that he was unable to... I mean, he was... I think his biggest prog- problem was inconsistency year to year, but when he was at the top of his game, he was a he was a better than serviceable left tackle i would say he was a good left tackle Mm -hmm. sure it's crazy that he went from that torn peck and he was just a ghost from then on it's just 
just it saps kind of that's that's a muscle that saps a lot of energy from you and if you can't get the power you know from it you're kind of useless yeah in any case the reason why eric flowers is going to be the left tackle this year is because this draft sucks for <laughs> offensive line anyway and we'll get right into it and i think there, there's there's a consensus three tackles that are the best in the class I think in a normal class, maybe one of them would sneak into the first round. That's how bad this is. And that guy that I think would sneak in is Garrett Bowles from Utah. Garrett Bowles is 6'5", 297. He's got good size. He's got 34-inch arms. I'm going to talk about arm length when it comes to offensive line because a lot of college linemen are not NFL linemen in terms of physical size. And there's a position change that's going to end up happening for a lot of guys just based on what they can and can't get away with in college in the NFL. Um, Garrett Bowles has the adequate length and size to be a left tackle in the NFL. And he's he's actually pretty good. He He's an excellent pass protector. He's quick out of his stance. He's got good technique. He gets good depth, so he's not often beaten by speed rushers. Um, my The thing I think he does the best is, even though he's not a great run blocker in terms of strength, he does like to finish plays, which is a thing I do like about Eric Flowers as well, is that he is blocking to the whistle. He's a good fit for his own blocking scheme because he's so athletic and he can block on the move. And I think he's probably the best candidate to be a left tackle in the NFL. Is he gonna be? You think he'll be around? You think he'll still be around at twenty three, or do you think he'll be? It's it's a, a reach to get him at twenty three. I've seen a lot of mocks of him going to the Giants. I don't think there's a chance in hell Garrett Bowles falls to the Giants at twenty three. Yeah, see, we're we're in that kind of no man's land of the draft right now, where your left tackle of the future is not going to be twenty three. Yeah, and, and there's nobody and nobody out there that we're going to trade up for. So yeah, it's almost like you're drafting, you're thinking about lower in the draft to get some depth, you know, in some offensive line, you know, left tackle rotation than you are thinking about a starter. Yeah, like we've talked about ad nauseum, is that the Giants have done a good job by filling the roster up with balance so that we can take the best player available if Garrett Bowles is there that's an excellent candidate to be the best player available because this draft class in terms of offensive linemen is so bad I truly don't believe he'll be there Mm -hmm. the other two guys that are involved in this equation one I'm sure you know tons about is Cam Robinson from Alabama the offensive line of Bama is just a rock I mean you get you know you had a a true freshman quarterback who can do kind of much what he wanted to do back there, and a lot of it's this offensive line. The guys are well coached at Alabama. They're they're very sound fundamentally. Where where are they mocking him at? Is he a first round pick or is he? So Cam Robinson is probably the best physical specimen. He's definitely the best physical specimen in the draft class in terms of uh, offensive linemen, and he's probably when he's playing his best is the best by far. His problem is that he's completely inconsistent in his technique and when he's bad in his technique his blocking sucks so sometimes he can be caught lunging and defensive linemen sort of caught on to that and would bait him into lunging by getting him to play a little bit off balance and then just chucking him aside and he would blow up plays so when people say that cam robinson has a technique issue they're not talking about a eric flowers level of technique technique issue where he's got to completely learn how to reset his feet and stuff they need to get cam robinson to play consistently Mm-hmm. Um, but one one area where he plays better than all the rest is run blocking, which I'm sure you know from watching Alabama that they can just run at will. Um, they move piles like no college team I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a beast. He's a beast in a power man scheme. He's pro ready for 
for run blocking. And a lot of people have seen, you know, his inconsistency at left tackle and then his ability to move piles and they go, oh, he's going to be a great right tackle. I think he could still be a good left tackle if you if you can just kind of drive home the keeping his balance and keeping his head up. So let's say he falls to twenty three and we pick him up. We have two of the exact same guy. Then no, you just you, that's you, what I'm you saying. Kinda... He's not though. I'm saying he's not Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers had to completely learn footwork and all that other kind of stuff. He, he had real technique issues. Cam Robinson just needs to be reminded to play at his best. No, I mean, I mean, what you're talking about is a guy that you know is really solid against the run, has some technique issues. You know, probably is better suited to be a right tackle than a left uh, than a left tackle. I mean, it kind of sounds like the biography of what we have now. But I don't agree with that. I don't think he is going to be a better. I mean, uh, yeah, I think he might be a better right tackle, but he could be a really good left tackle. I think if if he if he just learns to be consistent. Eric Flowers' problem coming out of college wasn't consistency; it was absolute technique all over the place. He had wasted movement in his footwork. Um, he would hold too often he wasn't quick enough out of his stance cam robinson doesn't have those problems he just doesn't always play at his best and it's a little mind-boggling but it's let me let me phrase the question for you this way both of these guys are in training camp on day one who do you project to be your left tackle going forward going forward or for this coming year going forward going forward i would say cam robinson this coming year i would say eric flowers i think the switch would come after this year Right. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, well, let me, let me change the question then. Let's say this is going to be Flowers' fourth year and Cam Robinson joins the team as a rookie. I, th- I still think it's just a matter of the fact that Eric Flowers has experience in the system and experience in the NFL level and Cam Robinson does not. And that's the reason why I said Cam Robinson would be playing right tackle and Eric Flowers would be playing left. With the goal of eventually moving over to left tackle. Yeah, that's that's pretty much why. Okay, gotcha. And that's that's just my opinion. I mean, from what I see on tape, when he's playing at his best, he's an absolute monster, and he's a sure first-round pick. His issue is really just consistency. The other guy that everybody has mocked very high is Ryan Ramzik from Wisconsin, another guy with a pro-ready body at 6'6", 3'10". He's kind of got short-ish arms is the only physical thing that's wrong with him. He's with 33 inch arms but unlike somebody like justin Pugh, this guy was a monster left tackle in a much bigger school playing in wisconsin and playing not only playing in wisconsin but playing i believe it for most of the season they were in the top 15 rankings they're always in the top 10 for rushing i mean it doesn't matter and you know giant fans remember ron dane thought oh, he was a bust but a guy who used to run for 2,000 yards against an offensive line it's been the same now for 25 years He's just big, beefy guys who just stone you at the line of scrimmage and you get six, seven yards of carry. But I think what makes Ryan Ramzik so much so different is that he's such a good pass protector. He's very, very, very athletic, and he has great feet and quickness. He's going to be a great fit in his own blocking scheme. He gets to the second level very well. He is probably going to need to add strength for the NFL. But to me, the biggest issue is that this guy completely lacks a mean streak. He looks like a big teddy bear off the field and on the field. And he played football in high school and did not play for a couple of years in college. There's a real concern among NFL scouts that he doesn't love the game and doesn't have a real passion for the game. And that sounds dangerous to me. Sure. Especially when you get to the grind of the NFL. I mean, you you might be able to fake it in college because there's such a a skill variance between the best and everybody else but in the NFL when everybody's really good and you know all of a sudden your season goes from July to 
January and it's really all year round, you, that lack of desire will show very quickly. Yeah. And it's it's pretty much just for that reason that I have the tackles listed from best to worst in that order with Garrett Bowles, Cam Robinson, and Ryan Ramsick. That to me is a real concern with Ryan Ramsick. I, I am very scared of his lack of desire and the fact that he's not particularly great. He's not by any means a top 10 pick in a normal draft class. His lack of overall world-class talent may cause him to get down on himself and just sort of give up. I think he's also a very smart guy. You could have a very lucrative career in something other than football, and that may weigh on his decision to quit football at some time. I just I, – I get worried when I when I look at stuff like that. Yeah. Again, if you're going to make a reach for a guy with so many question marks, the Giants aren't going to do that. They have a lot of other pressing needs. They can use that 23rd pick than someone who's a mental project as much as a physical project. What do you think about David Sharp coming out of Florida? David Sharp is a guy that should have stayed another year. <laughs> uh, David, David, I'm very serious. On an offensive line that was very shaky and still very young, he was the oldest guy. He was a true junior, and everybody thinks that his family pushed him into going pro more than he himself was ready to go or was really ready to play in the NFL. So I would not use a first-round pick on David Sharp. No, and I don't and think it, he'll go there, but he what yeah, if he's and, sitting there in the third round maybe. It just wasn't that good. I mean, I'm going back to the eye test where, you know, again, an offensive line that had all sorts of problems. It's, it's, it's an offensive line. We had 110th in the country rushing. Granted, we had quarterback issues, but – you know, we have a potential first-round draft pick next year in Jordan Scarlett as a running back. You shouldn't be 110th in the country running. And if that's your anchor of that offensive line, that that should tell you something. What's really interesting he, is that I, I see him as such a good run blocker. Eh, well, Martez Ivy had a fill-in for him for one game. And Martez Ivy was the SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week at left tackle Yeesh. the week that David Sharp was out. So, both good good for the Gators this year because Ivy will be their left tackle, but... What does that really tell you about David Sharp? Makes you sound like it's uh, Wally Pipp syndrome when Lou Gehry came in and took his spot. So I, I, I'm not very high on him. I thought it was almost an addition by subtraction that he he left the Gator program. Interesting. I actually see him as a good run blocker who's powerful. I mean, this, this is a guy who's 343 pounds. In fact, I think he probably needs to lose weight in the NFL. He has – because he has solid footwork and good feet – but he's not quick enough to get to the second level. Um, and the Giants run a lot of pulling plays and zone blocking schemes, and we like to have a lot of screens. He's not a guy who's going to be rumbling downfield, hitting multiple blocks. So I don't necessarily see him as a Giants consideration. But if if you don't think that he's a good run blocker, after having seen him more than I have... Yeah, I I was overall just pretty unimpressed by him for his whole career. I mean, a lot of, like, you know, just struck as an underachiever to me. The other guy that a lot of people are looking at, and it's mainly because I think it was Jerry Reese, somebody somebody important. Giant scouts went absolutely everywhere, by the way. Mark Ross, Jerry Reese, Ben McAdoo all went every. I don't remember ever seeing the Giants brass this active in scouting before. I mean, I could be a little bit wrong here, but I don't really recall Jerry Reese going to more than like one place a year 
or McAdoo either last year. I don't think he went anywhere. I don't remember Tom Coughlin going anywhere other than the Combine. Am I wrong? I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I, I think when they went to see Trubisky maybe or one of the quarterbacks, it was a big deal made that he's actually gone out on a visit. Where It was, it was Texas Tech. He went to look at Patrick Mahomes. Is that who it was? Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, like giant coaches don't do this. Yeah. Jordan Rainon actually asked an interesting question, which was what to make of the Giants' interest in all of the quarterbacks. Um, and I actually think it might just be a smokescreen to get the quarterbacks to go first and push other players down. But who knows? I mean, I really don't know. I think that quarterback run's going to happen. I, and I, Cleveland, you know, they're so unpredictable because they just have a, a, a track record of doing stupid things. <laughs> Nothing would surprise me. You know, it would not shock me if Trubisky would go first. I mean, we've seen other drafts where we're shocked who the first pick is. So I don't know. And I think if he gets picked first, I think you'll see a run on quarterbacks pretty high as well. Well, who knows with Cleveland with Kevin Costner as their general manager. <laughs> I won three number one picks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, spend the, and then spend the rest of the movie trying to get your three number one picks back. Okay. And sure. get it all in five minutes. Exactly. So a lot was made out of one of the Giants brass going to Temple to look at either Hassan Reddick or this guy, Deion Dawkins. Um, Deion Dawkins played tackle in college. He's interesting because he might play guard in the NFL. He's only 6'3", so he lacks the adequate length to play tackle, in my opinion. I just don't see at an NFL level being able to play at 6'3", in left or right tackle. However... He is an all-around good lineman. He has good athleticism, good agility. He has excellent technique um, in pass protection and run blocking. He has enough strength to not ever really be overwhelmed as a run blocker, but at, I think at best sort of – or at worst, rather, sort of just kind of gets in the way a little bit on, on bigger guys. But he's also got the athleticism to be like a pulling kind of guy. He can get out on screens – He's an interesting guy that I, a lot of people have mocked to the Giants at 55. And I think well, part of that is his versatility to play inside a guard also. If you remember, I mean, nobody else knows this because nobody sits with us at games, but we usually after each game kind of reassess what are our big needs. And we've always had right guard right near the very top of our needs. And is it a bit of a reach for a guy like him that you don't think might slide into, into a guard as opposed to a tackle? Man. Perhaps, but... I feel like I've been screaming for a right guard for like the last four or five years now. Yeah. Pretty much so, since Chris Snee fell off the map, I've been like, we need a right guard, we need a right guard, and it hasn't happened. You know, is it a reach to pick him, you know, thinking he's going to slide to become a guard, you know, it, it, like the 55th pick? Not in my opinion. In my opinion, yeah. some of the best guards that have come out in the last couple of years were tackles in college. However, if we're slated to be getting a right guard – I'm more inclined to get the guy who might have a little bit of issue with his agility but has plus strength than the other way around, which is the case with Deion Dawkins, where he has plus agility but doesn't quite have the strength yet. That's not to say he can't gain it, but if I had to pick between those two things, I'm probably more inclined to lean towards a powerful guy at right guard versus left guard. Yeah, my guess is the strength and conditioning program for an NFL team is a lot better than what Temple has, which is probably <laughs> probably the least amount of money for any Power 5 school. You'd have better better facilities, 
better, you know, and it, that's an issue of just building up, you know, reshaping his body and making him more of a, you know, more strength. I don't think that's as much of an issue. If he's got the technique and he can play the position, I, I, I think that could be, he could be sculptured into into being what he needs to be. So, so here's the thing. I wouldn't mind Deion Dawkins being drafted as a guard. I don't think he'll ever make it as a tackle in the NFL. However, if we're looking at guards, because I don't think that a tackle is going to be found in this draft that's going to be worth anything. Like I said, it's only going to be those top three guys. I think there there's problems with all of them, and I think at least two of the three of them will be gone before the Giants pick because the draft class is that bad. I think if we're going to go offensive line in this draft, you have to be looking at right guard. That being said... At 55, at pick 55, I think you might get a better right guard than Deion Dawkins. The best guards of this class were all tackles in college with the exception of one in my assessment of this. One of them is Forrest Lamp from Western Kentucky who played left tackle. Western Kentucky competition. What division is that? What what conference is that? They are – they're not a power five. No, Uh, but they do play better teams. Yeah, I mean, they'll play like a Florida, like in the opening game, yeah, like that they, type of I, type thing. They might thing. sneak into like a Tennessee yeah. game at week yeah, one. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll get their paycheck game once or twice a year. Well, the point I'm making is that at 6-3-309, Forrest Lamp played left tackle, and there's good tape of him against good competition. Um, so it's important to me that even though I don't see him as a left tackle, there's good tape of him against good competition. So uh, Forrest Lamp is a very athletic guy who's going to project to the inside he's 309 pounds like i said so he's got great size for the inside position and he's got good upper body strength with a good punch uh i think that he could be a quality run blocker in the nfl at right guard and he was tailor-made for the zone blocking scheme with his uh with his athleticism and his agility and balance so he's a guy to consider actually as high as 23 maybe depending on how the draft falls he would be among the bottom of my dream picks at 23. I, My gut feeling is that the starting right guard on this team is currently in another team's camp and is going to be a cut down casually that we're going to pick up. It's just a gut feeling I have. Really? That would beat out John Jerry? Yes. Not, not I, that I I'm think... endorsing John Jerry, but just with his experience in the system and the fact that he's signed on for another couple of years. I, I, just, have, I just have a feeling that we're going you know, to pick someone off a scrap heap and they're gonna, he's going to impress enough that he's going to be starting. More chance of that happening than us drafting somebody. You think so? It's just a gut feeling I have. In terms of draft talent or the, just the Giants trend of not drafting a right guard? Giants trend. I, I, think they, I think they want to – I think they think there's other needs that they want to draft more than a right guard. And I, think that, I think that's a position they feel they can get – You know, they can claim somebody who's been released. Just a gut feeling I have. That's interesting. In my opinion, I don't really care which position it is, but the Giants have a a real need at two of the offensive line positions, and they should stand to upgrade one of them in the draft. And since Mm -hmm. the tackles are so bad and the chances of them getting one of those top three are so low, I think guard is the way to go. And I know I've been screaming for one forever, but I'm not even saying at 23. I'm saying in the draft. So actually, my dream pick for pick 55 is Dan Feeney from Indiana. Okay. Dan Feeney played all over the line in Indiana, mainly because of injuries, but he he was serviceable at every position. He played mainly right tackle, but he's 6'4", 304, so he's 
perfect height and weight for inside at right tackle or at right guard rather and he's a powerful run blocker the exact thing that's completely missing from this team he's because he played tackle he's effective at pulling he did so at indiana actually when he played inside he came from a man system so he knows how to play the man scheme but he can be a good zone blocking guard as well but he's another guy who finishes plays and always blocks to the whistle is definitely a guy to consider if he's sitting there at 55 in my opinion of course everything's going to depend on how the draft falls the giants do have needs all over the place but if he's there it's going to be hard for me to say no to him okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i i I, yeah again i have not seen him play so i i couldn't make a comment on him but i i would tend to think offensive line will be addressed one of the higher higher rounds second or third for sure yeah and i i I definitely see 55 being the spot where they do and i mean the the running game is really one of the hugest issues for this team uh the, the fact that we can't consistently get one yard on second down or third down is an indictment of the offensive line. I don't care who is back there running the ball. I know that the running backs need to be better. I know that Rashad Jennings was not great. But to get one yard is not an indictment of the running back, in my opinion. If we can't get enough push to get one yard... Or even, you know, even in first down where, you know, we're getting one yard, negative one, yeah. no gain. And that's just as big of a problem as not the, getting third and one and getting their first down. The no gains are the killers because you know that that's simply because there's no push. Negative yep. plays are going to happen when things blow up, there's effective blitz, somebody falls down. That's It's going to happen. But the no gains, you know it's because there's an absolute stone wall and the running back has nowhere to go. And he's just going to yes. try. And there's been way too much of that for far too long. It's not a one-season thing with this team. It's, no. it's dating back to Tom Coughlin. Not that it's his fault, but, I mean, this is this is now not Ben McAdoo's fault. It's, it's just a running issue with this offensive line. In my opinion, having a guy who – and Indiana has had incredible success running the ball. They're the Big Ten, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's a conference known for its big men. The fact sure. that, that they can move, that this guy can move big guys, I mean, that bodes well for me. I'm, I'm all about that. Especially playing really, really good defenses like Ohio State and Michigan and, and, and Penn State in these schools. So sure. Wisconsin, Miss, Michigan State. Oh, all, yeah. So All these good teams with, with big guys. I mean, we could name a defensive star on each one of those teams that you listed, except for maybe Penn State. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. Maybe you can, but <laughs> there's one dude that I know you probably saw a lot of, and that's Ethan Pockick from LSU, who played center mainly, but projects to also maybe play guard at the NFL level. You know, and guys like Fournette and and Geis have these huge holes. You think a guy like him, so huge holes all the time for LSU. I mean, LSU's had a bunch of good running backs, and they just have those. They recruit well on the offensive line this is another good example of it yeah i mean it's been it's been years in a row now with like guys like lyle collins coming out of lsu there's always there's always like one big guy coming from lsu on the offensive line or the defensive line or both right right no they're a they're a lockdown they lock down the state of louisiana with uh you know the best recruits in louisiana never leave the state they they stayed lsu yeah. and uh you know they grow them down there, so not not a whole lot of guys come from New Orleans and go to Florida or Texas, despite it being right there or Alabama. Yeah, I mean the only guys I can really think of are like Ike Hilliard. Yeah, the Manning brothers, obviously. Yeah, I guess you know guys, but 
you know, they, they that's a little different. LSU does LSU, not lock down quarterbacks at all. LSU has had a quarterback. If, if LSU didn't have such a quarterback problem, they'd be right up there at Alabama competing for national titles. The problem is they just can't get a quarterback. They haven't had one since, and not even a guy like Zach Meckenberger sucked at LSU. He wasn't even that good. Uh, Jamarcus he was a starter in the NFL, and he wasn't yeah. completely awful. He was bad, but right. But he was nothing in college, and yeah. you know uh, Jamarcus Russell. You know I, I never got it when he got all that pre-draft hype, and he was the number one pick. And I guess we the NFL was kind of what I expected. Uh, Brandon Harris, the guy they had. Before they benched him last year, just a guy seemed was hung around forever, never did anything. LSU, and and it makes it makes scouting wide receivers really difficult out of LSU. Sure, sure, because they you know they're a run heavy offense, and you know they have inconsistent quarterback play. The quarterback play is terrible. It's like yeah. watching Brad Kaya. There's guys kind of open, but I don't know how good his hands are because the ball's hitting the turf. <laughs> Um, the only other guard I want to talk about is uh, a left tackle at Western Michigan, Taylor Moten. Um, a lot of people are projecting him to be a guard in the N- in the NFL. I'm not quite sure about that because he's six five. It might be a little bit long. To That's be, pretty long. Yeah. yeah. I I just don't know a guy who's played left tackle. I'm assuming his whole life at six five going inside to guard suddenly. That's that's a bit long. Um, I don't see it for Taylor Moten. I know a lot of people do, but it's really just his his ability to toss toss defenders around. But he lacks the athleticism to be in his zone system entirely. I think mm-hmm. um, I don't really think he possesses the ability to pull at all, which is very difficult for me to think about a, an NFL guard that can't pull. It's it's such a big part of the NFL game these days. That sure, sure, sure. You know that basic skill. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he can learn it, but... Yeah, and also on the job training, you don't want to waste your time teaching somebody to do something very basic that they should be doing, you know, in college. I see Taylor Moten as a backup right tackle for his career. Backup right tackles you can get anywhere. You can get those as a an undrafted rookie you can sign in a backup right guard. Yep, exactly. And this is a guy... I, I know mock drafts tend to over-glorify people, and people fall way further than expected because... A certain position group is bad, but I see Taylor Moten as being like a fourth round pick. Probably, I don't, I don't, I don't see his conversion to guard, and I don't see him being much of a. He might be a starter at right tackle, maybe, but I don't think he'd be a great one that you'd be clamoring to draft. Personally, right. right. All right, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, I am the Football Grump. You can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump. Or you can follow the podcast at Just Giants Pod, or you can send us an email at JustGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. I am the Cranky Fan, as always. You can follow me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan. You can also listen to my companion show, Mark and the Cranky Fan. Uh, both shows are available on SoundCloud, where you get your double dose of Gators and New York Giants sarcasm and obnoxiousness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go Giants. Go Giants.